Um, thanks, Jen. It's easy to give, isn't it? If you, um, it's hard to give if you think it's just for now, but easier if you think it's for eternal riches. And I'd like to talk to you about rooting your life in the eternal. I'd like to look at the eternal, how the eternal is so amazing, how um, we are made for the eternal and how it changes the way we live. I'd like to start first with a little funny story. Um, it's all about Bob the ant. Now, Bob the ant is very diligent and he's very steady and he likes to gather food and leaves for the ant babies. And every morning he goes out, every evening he comes in and he does this again and again with all his ant friends. And he also has an ant friend called Bill. And Bill is a brave soldier ant and he protects and makes everything safe and secure. Um, But one day, Bill and Bob find themselves on the car of an engine, an engine car. And uh, they look down into the engine and they look and they say, Bob says, that doesn't look safe and steady. And Bill says, that doesn't look secure and safe. And they are just blown over with the technology. They have no idea how it works. They have no idea what it's for. And the whole concept of a car engine is just too incredible for them. And I'd like to say that is a small picture of how we look at eternity, We are like an ant looking into the eternal and saying, I don't understand it. I can only grasp something of what it is, something of what it looks like, the reality of it. And God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And in Job, it says, can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? These measures are longer than the earth and wider than the sea. So I want to talk to you about the eternal. But the eternal is outside our concept, like I said. It cannot fit into our own thoughts. So don't ever think that we've got a handle on what the kingdom of God looks like. Because Jesus came and he tried to make it simple for us. He came and said, the kingdom of God looks like this. A mustard seed, the kingdom of God looks like this. But actually the kingdom of God is amazing and incredible. It's far more beautiful, far more powerful, far more colourful, far more creative than we could ever imagine. So the kingdom um, ways are the values and perspectives and the power of heaven. So what is the eternal? If we're talking about the eternal, what does that look like? We've got a glimpse in John 17 verse 3. It says, this is eternal life, that they might know you, that's Jesus and God, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So the eternal is knowing him and knowing the culture of the kingdom of heaven. So perhaps it's time to reset our lives into the eternal. So as we look at this year with COVID-19, everything about us has had to be safe and secure and steady. We've had to learn how to put PPI. We've had to learn how to do Zoom. We've had to learn how to manage our house. We've had to learn how to stay inside. We've had to do one step at a time because of our mental health. All these things have drawn our eyes on the day-to-day living in our earth But actually, perhaps it's time to reset our eyes on the eternal, on the kingdom of God and loving him. Perhaps it's time to take away the uncertainty and go for something higher. Time to reset. And God calls us to step back, to lay our lives down and lift our heads and go higher again. And like just like um, in the books of Narnia, they said Aslan is a lion 
but he's not tame. It's not a timeline. The eternal isn't steady. We can get a glimpse of it, but it isn't steady and comforting. And we can't predict it. It's mind-blowing and amazing and powerful. Do we want some of this in our lives? It can take us to our knees, but can take us to the heights. It shows us things that we just can't understand. And yet part of us do, does understand it. But it is part of who we are. It says in the Bible in Ecclesiastes... That he has set eternity in our hearts. He set the desire for the eternal, for God, for a relationship with him in our hearts. And we are our most healthy when we are thinking about something bigger than ourselves. It's been proved for mental health that if you think about something bigger than yourself, it brings you out of your own, your own um, centeredness. Psychology Today says an absence of positive vision for your future can actually create depression over time. In our society, it's easy to become encased with oneself, to be too self-absorbed and disconnected from our interconnection with others who are part of reality of life today. And that includes our relationship with God and the eternal spaces. It's found that people experiencing a sense of awe, a sense of wonder, a sense of being part of something, belonging to something bigger than themselves, prompts them to behave more benevolently and in a more giving manner. So let me put it another way. Have you ever thought there'd be something more than this earth? Something bigger than what you are doing day to day, like Bill the Ant, just going in and out providing for our families Something, do you get delusioned with the power struggles, with the ethos and culture and depravity of this world and earth? Do you long for something more? Do you ever stand out in the, in the night sky and look at the stars and something of your heart gets eternity? It gets the eternal wonder of the heavens. Do you want more of this? C.S. Lewis puts it well in his book, Mere Christianity. If I find myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. I was made for a kingdom heaven. I was made for, for God's heaven, for the eternal. We were made for the eternal. We were made to know him and the culture of this kingdom. We who follow Jesus and were born again by his spirit were made anew. We were born into this eternal life. Now, I'd like to read you a story from Mark 10. It's about um, what Jesus counsels a rich ruler. I'm going to start from verse 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but the one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept done, I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come and take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he has great possessions. Jesus loved this man. Jesus wanted a relationship with this man. 
and he asked him to follow him with his whole heart. For those of you who have never come in and known Jesus and know what it is to follow him, it will blow your mind away. So if you want to know any more, please ask us. Please send a message. Please, um, if you're watching online, please um, message somebody and ask them, what, what do we mean by knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him? For those of you who have chose to follow Jesus, you've become new creations. You've become part of the kingdom of heaven. Your whole life is now eternal. Now, C.S. Lewis calls us those who have been born again, amphibians. And what he means is, just as amphibians can live in the water and live on land, so we can live on the earth and live as eternal in the kingdom of heaven. We have one foot down here on earth and one foot in eternal heaven. But another way of looking at this is being um, of dual inheritance. Our inheritance is the kingdom of heaven, but we've also got inheritance from our natural parents down here on earth. When you're baptised, you were filled with the Spirit. You were able to speak in tongues, you were able to pray, you were able to sing from your heart, you were able to groan with spiritual longings from into the heavenly places. You were able to set your mind and your hearts into eternal places. And you became bilingual. You could speak heavenly truths. If you don't, um, haven't learned how to speak in tongues and were not baptised in the Holy Spirit again, please ask somebody. It will, again, change your life and change your relationship with God. But for those of us that have, um, friends of mine that are actually natural bilingual, they, come, they can speak two languages or three or four. Honestly, I take my hat off to them because languages is not my strong suit. They tell me that if you come from one culture and you spend a lot of time in another culture, over the years, your ability to go to speak your native tongue or the first tongue that you learnt um, lessens with time. And the more time you spend in the new culture, the more you forget. So it becomes rusty, and even to the point that you might forget. And I think we need to ask ourselves the question, which culture, as Christians, are we spending the majority of our time in? Is it earth culture? Are we speaking the language of earth or are we speaking the language of heaven? Do, how often do we speak in tongues? How often are we praying? How often are we groaning into the heavenly places? How much time do you spend in the presence of God talking? How much time are you aware of angels and speaking with, with other fellow Christians about the kingdom of heaven? The language of heaven. Let's not lose it. Let's not become so used to this culture on earth that we lose the culture of our, our native tongue in heaven. We can ask ourselves something else. If you have answered how much are you speaking in heavenly language, are you satisfied with your answer? Is that what you want with your life? Are we going to do something about it? Or are we going to put our roots more in eternal places and learn how to live and speak more eternal words? So we're strangers in this land. This is not our homeland our home is heaven. We are pilgrims. We set out on this journey and we leave behind the secure and we follow the adventure. We leave the predictable and we go for the unknown. Brennan Manning writes that the way of trust is a movement into obscurity, into the undefined, into ambiguous, 
not into some predetermined, clearly delineated plans for the future. The reality of naked trust is the life of a pilgrim who leaves what is nailed down, obvious and secure, and who walks into the unknown without any rational explanation to justify the decision or guarantee the future. Why? Because God has signalled the movement and offered his presence and his promise. The eternal is about knowing God and knowing his kingdom, the culture of the kingdom of heaven. Can we ask ourselves just one more question? Have we lost our sense of daring and adventure? Because COVID has set our hearts so much on the now and we're trying to survive now and focus on now. Can we trust him alone and step out into new things? Can we reset our hearts to go for the adventure again and lean into bigger and things that scare us? So living in the eternal affects how we behave. This is, we put our roots in eternal, this is about our fruits. So can we go back to the passage I read about the rich young ruler? In the passage, he seems to be saying that it was not, Jesus seemed to be saying that it was not just enough to believe and know the Bible. He knew the Ten Commandments. He said he'd been carrying out the Ten Commandments since being a youth. He said, teach all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. Shocking that we, that being good isn't enough. That Jesus, um, that sometimes you talk to people and say, I, I can live eternally because I haven't been too bad. I've been fairly good. But Jesus is kind of saying it's where you put your heart. It says the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. You've, you will have treasures in heaven. Where we put our hearts and our treasures, that's where our heart is also. In the eternal, let's not build up treasures here on earth. Let's build up treasures in heaven. For those who don't think they've been good and won't get eternal, great, because this word's for you. Jesus came for you, for those who felt they'd messed up, for those who needed help, for those who needed to put their roots in him to live now and eternally. So um, eternal discipleship is about knowing God about knowing the culture of heaven and about bringing it to earth and putting it on the ground. Jesus brings kingdom to heaven, the kingdom of heaven into even the simple acts. Every time Jesus has a meal, it appears in the Bible, it records him quite a lot of times, just breaking the bread and thanking God. Such a simple act. It's eternal truth in everyday simple acts. Eternity affects how we behave, even in the tiny things. So he becomes, Jesus becomes, is grateful. He knows that it's not a simple act of, I've gone to the shops and here's a loaf of bread. He knows that the bread is God's eternal provision for us. It, it, the roots of this bread is in eternity of his father loving him, wanting a relationship with him, of overflowing blessings pouring from heaven. And he is grateful for that. The most grateful people become the most generous because they know the roots 
of the gratefulness is in heaven's places, in the kingdom of heaven, is in the eternal. And just as the eternal affects our small decisions and our small ways of living, it also affects our big choices. If we know that we are passing through and that we are pilgrims, the decisions of where we live, what jobs we take, how we speak to our neighbours, how we act on this earth, what sacrifices we are prepared to make will matter, will change if our eyes are fixed on eternal. If we know that this isn't all there is and we're passing through, we won't try and build up treasures on heaven in down here on earth, um, roles and buildings and houses. It will be fixed in heaven, fixed on, on long term fixed on a legacy of the kingdom we know that this isn't just about us it's about the generations that are to come behind us finally i'd just like to talk tell you about um, a story because we might feel that the eternal treasures of heaven is too much for us to hold too much we put our roots in eternal too much to fill ourselves with we're 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 not perfect we've got cracks so one chinese woman had two large pots And on each of a pole, she hung one pot which was whole and one pot which was cracked. And every day she went down to the stream, filled them with water and carried them on her back, back home. Every day, the the pot without a crack was full. The, The pot with a crack came back half full. And for two years, every day, she came back with one and a half pots of water. Now, the the pot that was perfect was really proud of its accomplishments but the pot that came back with only half a full of water was really ashamed and he said I'm really sorry I can't do the job properly I can only bring back half a pot I'm leaking all the way home but the old woman smiled and she said did you notice that on the side that I bring you home there are flowers because I knew you were cracked And I knew you were flawed. So I planted seeds all the way home on that side. And you've watered them all this time. And you've decorated and graced my house with fragrance. And God says to us that as we drink of the eternal, he's not expecting us to hold it all in. He's expecting us to leak it and drip it out and grace grace where we walk with his love and his joy and his peace. And we will bring, without even knowing it, fragrance to this place, to Huddersfield, because we leak the eternal wherever we walk. But we need to be those who are rooted in the eternal first. For heart open will bring eternal culture of undeserved love. Hands open in service will bring eternal expressions of heaven's grace. And mouths alive with truths will speak eternal life and hope. For the eternal is incredible. Let's reset into the eternal and take our eyes off this earth and know we're pilgrims in this land. Know that you are made for eternal, for more than this, and let your heart sing and know the the songs and the language of heaven again. And let's live in the eternal and let that affect the way we behave and the way we live. And we trust that as we do this, God will give us everything we need while we're down here, while we're thinking of him. Because it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and all these things will be added to you.